So, hey, it's great to see you here online. God bless you. Great that you can join us here. Um, wow. Thank you for stopping talking straight away. That's really good because we've got to go through Colossians 2, right? We've got to go through this thing, man. We're doing expositional teaching right now at the moment in the book of Colossians, which is a great book. Who likes the book of Colossians? That's a good book, isn't it? So we're going to go chapter 2 today. And before we do, though, I'd like to start with something funny. I heard about this man who was walking up to the country store. There was a little boy sitting in front of the por- on the porch with, with a huge dog next to him. He said, son, does your dog bite? The boy said, no, sir, my dog doesn't bite. The man reached out to pet the dog, but the dog took about half his arm off. He said, son, I thought you said your dog didn't bite. The little boy said, yes, but this is not my dog. (laughs) That's funny, isn't it? (laughs) Okay, so in Colossians, we're going to go through the whole of Colossians 2 today. I want you to stand and read with me Colossians, the first couple of verses, 1 to 5, loud and strong. Here we go. I want you to know how hard I'm contending for you. And for those at Laodicea, for all who have not met me personally, Paul speaking, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, that they may have full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and of knowledge. I tell you this, that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments, for though I am absent from you in the body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is in Christ. Is. No, 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 no. That's it. Thank you, guys. May the Lord bless his word. Amen. We'll get to the other stuff soon. So Paul is writing, his goal is writing here. He wants them to know the fullness of Christ. And in a minute we'll see why he's teaching about the fullness of Christ in us and who he is. It's so beautiful, so beautiful. He says, to be united in love, to understand the full riches of complete understanding, that they may know this mystery. Remember last week we talked about this mystery. This mystery is Christ himself, whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Amen? Last week we saw that in Christ the whole fullness of God dwells. So the whole fullness of God is in Christ, which is just amazing. Where's my keyboard player? It's okay. If you want to play, you can play, bro, but otherwise I feel so quiet here. I like it. Yeah, just play. It's, it's awesome, bro. Just softly. I may go do a little black thing. I may go into a bit of song in the middle of it. We'll see. The camels are coming. Maybe the camels are coming. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Oh, man. <laughs> But <laughs> in Christ. Now this mystery was hidden for ages, right? We saw it last week. There was hidden for actually for ages, for 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 generations. And he's talking about the Old Testament, the people of generations, because there was they didn't know uh, Christ in this way, right? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amazing. This was the mystery. There was unthinkable in the Old Testament. Old Testament, unthinkable that God would actually live inside a human being, right? Although it was prophesied, Jeremiah 31, several places in the Old Testament all leads to Christ, but they couldn't see it. Of course, Christ hadn't died yet, and the revelation by the Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. So you can understand why they didn't get it. But this whole thing of Christ in us, the hope of glory, 
is the difference between the old and the new. Can I have a good amen? So important. It really divides the old and the new. And there's a reason why Paul is saying this, because it has to do with the false teachers that were lurking around the place. It says here, verse 6, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Paul is really impressed by the Colossian church. He's really impressed by the dedication to Christ. He's really impressed here, we see, by their discipline and their faith in God. But there's danger around. There is deception around. And so what's this? What's happening? In a minute. That's why he is talking about being rooted in Christ. To be guided by the Holy Spirit. Understand the fullness of Christ because he knows what's around. He knows what's coming. Verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than Christ. Don't be deceived. That's my talk today. Don't be deceived. Everybody say, don't be deceived. And straight away then Paul goes back to Christ. Why? Why does he go back to Christ? Because the best defense about heresy or deception is an offense in the area of truth, right? That's how it works. Last week I talked about this bank note. If the people in the bank, uh, people like Simon who works in the bank, uh, I don't know how much paper money is still around, but there is still around. I know. I know you got paper money because we went out the other day and he had paper money. He said, man, you're one of the only ones. He said, yeah, I work for a bank. Oh, fair enough. Uh, so <laughs> it's just nice to have paper money, you know, sometimes, you know. But the thing is, how do they know it's fake or not? The, the reason, the, how they're being trained is to see the, the, the real stuff, the real money. This is what the real stuff looks like. So they can always identify the wrong and the deceptive one and the wrong one, the fake one, when it comes through. So the, the best way Paul is doing here in this, in this chapter, the best way to go against false teaching and the deceptive teaching of the world coming into the church is to elevate Jesus and to show who they are in Christ and the fullness of God. And this whole thing is about the fullness of God. But the context is the false teachers that are around trying to mislead these people. Interesting, isn't it? That's why he spoke about this stuff. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is your truth. Verse 9, for in Christ all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought into fullness. I'm telling you, this is one of the most beautiful scriptures in the Bible. In Christ the fullness of God dwells. And you are in him. And he is in you. That's just amazing. Somebody says, hallelujah, thank you so much. I love this little thing, you know, it's awesome. Can you see what Paul is doing? He's really affirming the whole understanding of union with Christ. He's really understanding, say, what's going on here? It says you have to know that you are complete in Christ. And this whole thing is just wonderful and powerful in your life. Now, one of the deceptions that are around are the Gnostics again. Can you believe them? They're still around. Because all the same time there. That's why, you know. And we saw this in 1 John. Remember 1 John and John 1? The book of 1 John and the book of John 1. Gospel. Okay. And uh, these Gnostics were, what did the Gnostics believe? The Gnostics believed, I'll tell you, help you. The Gnostics believed 
that God is spirit and it has nothing to do with material world, with the natural world. So what they're saying is spirit is good, material, natural, bad. Body, bad. Dualism. They're very strong in the whole dualism. And that's why they reject the incarnation, which we see in 1 John and John 1. We see the incarnation of Christ not possible. God would never stoop this low to become a human being. Absolutely not possible. God has nothing to do with the material world. And so they reject, verse 9, that Christ is the fullness of deity in bodily form. It's not possible. Right? That God, not possible. But it gets worse. There is more. There is more. It's one thing for God to produce God and say that Jesus Christ is God and the fullness of God dwells in Jesus Christ, right? But it's a whole other story to say, yeah, but now the fullness of God that's in Christ actually is now in Christians, in people. What? Mortal people can have God inside of them? Unthinkable. Impossible. The Old Testament didn't, people didn't think that could happen. They couldn't even say the word of God, let alone God lives inside of you and become your heavenly father. It's simply not possible. And so these guys are trying to deceive and distract the Colossians from the truth that Christ is in you. Because this is the central truth of the new covenant. Christ in you. Union of, of you and Christ together. Holy Spirit. The union is the the mark of a Christian is the miracle of the new covenant. Amen? The whole thing of being born again, the whole thing of, of this union with God forever is just incredible. They tried to undermine this in this, in, the, in this people. These were Greek philosophers. I mean, they cried. They say here, the Greek philosophers were very persuasive, fine-sounding arguments because they were very smart. They would just talk all, all day. It's like me, you know. Talk the whole day about stuff, you know, and they would argue these things, didn't they, in the marketplace and stuff, they would talk about it. So they're very persuasive, and Paul is saying, I will have no bar of this whole thing, don't be deceived. <clears throat> so what's Paul doing? He's not like really kind of downplaying their stuff in the sense of it's bad, bad, bad. What he's doing is like the banknotes. He goes to the opposite. He tells the Christians how good they are and how amazing it is, how God is in them, how the fullness of Christ, all this stuff about Jesus Christ. That's why this chapter is so powerful in chapter 1 and 2, so powerful about who you are in Christ, who Christ is in you, because he's building them up. He's building up their faith and encouragement. So when these deceptive people come, they'll know. Hey, that's not right. That's smart, isn't it? He's very smart, actually, Paul. It's amazing how much revelation is. I mean, Jesus is all-powerful. We saw last week, all-powerful. The fullness of God dwells in Him. All authority. He's done it all. In Him, we are complete. Amen? Verse 10, He is the head of every power and authority. In Him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Thank you, Jesus. Your, oh, your whole self. And, no, no, no. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. I can't be naughty. I'm online. Coming on. Okay, here, your whole self, ruled by the flesh, <laughs> was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism. In him you were also raised with him through your faith in the working uh, of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. Come on, everybody say amen. 
He forgave you all of our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and, and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Come on. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle over them, triumphing over them by the cross. <clears throat> One of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible. But I want you to see today the context of this whole thing. Why is he doing this? He is doing this because the deception is all around and they're going to deceive him by, hey, this is not actually true. But he, that's why he's building up the people saying what the gospel really is. See, it's all about Jesus. The byline of this series in the book of Colossians is all about Jesus. Because it's all about Jesus. It's all about our union with God. Our union with God that He has given us through His finished work on the cross. Amen? He has done it for us. All the guilt and the power of sin has been cut away. And you don't have to say, ouch! Unless you have it done to yourself. But you're probably so young. Verse 16. Therefore, therefore, when it's something, therefore, 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 is something, therefore, you got to make sure that you see what therefore is therefore. Do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink with regards to religious festivals, new moon celebrations, Sabbath day. They are all a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person, he really goes for it now, listen to this. The such a person also goes into great detail of what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head, from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Don't be deceived. And then there are the Jewish leaders. And the Jewish leaders say the old covenant, you know, they've come from the old into the new. Hey! That's all very well, this Jesus thing, but you also, come on, let's honor the past. Let's honor the Sabbath. Let's honor the festivals. Let's honor the day. All this kind of stuff from the past, and Paul will have no bar of it. But that's what they're doing. Again, they're deceiving. They're trying to deceive that it is Christ plus absolutely zilch. Christ, Jesus, plus nothing. Come on. So good. Jesus says these are shadows. See, the festivals are good. There's things, beautiful things. See, Jesus is concealed in the old covenant, but he is revealed in the new covenant. Jesus is everywhere. I mean, he created the whole world. So he is in the back here, but he is concealed. <clears throat> All scripture points towards him, but then he is revealed in the new covenant, in the New Testament. But it's a shadow. I have shadows here. There's one here, there's one here. There's shadows. I'm not going to chase my... Shadows, how dumb. I'm, I'm here, hello. I'm here. You know, Jesus says, hey, hello. Jesus is the reality. Don't chase the shadow. The shadow was pointing to, it was something about the reality of this who was standing there, but go for the real one who is in you now, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Give honor to Jesus. Amen. So good. Don't be deceived. The others are just puffed up. Unspiritual mind. False humility. Lost connection with the head, Jesus. You know, I wonder how many of us look, have lost sometimes the connection with the head. I mean, some of us need to get into the right minds, you know, because we haven't got the mind of Christ. We've got the wrong mind, wrong mindsets. Because we lost our connection with the head. <laughs> what? Lost com? 
third one. Connection. Guys, if we lose connection with the head, the head runs everything. We're lost. Huh? Did I miss it? Thank you, Jesus. Since you died, I told you going to do the whole scripture, verse 20. <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm going through it fast, but I want to go through the whole thing because that's what expositional teaching is all about. Since you died with Christ to the elementary spiritual forces of this world, verse 20, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Hey, these rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish anyway with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, their harsh treatment of the body, and they lack any value in restraining our sensual indulgence. What's he saying? He says, you are free from these regulations. You are free from the law. Actually, what the law does, he actually increases the area of sin. It increases the arousing of these things. That is not for you. Don't go. The Christ has set you free. There's a new era, a new covenant. Now Christ in you is the hope of glory. Now the Holy Spirit in you will lead you into all of this truth. It sounds good, but it's actually wrong. You died to the world, and you were born into new life, raised to new life. See, Christianity, I mean, we're still in it, aren't we? We're so into this rules and regulations because the whole world is run with rules and regulations and things around us. Christianity is not about rules and regulations. And we heard this just for living this now. When you came here, you felt like rules, regulations, behaviorism, behavior modification, all this stuff. It's so easy to have that trap in our lives. It is not about that. It's not about the outside things. Christianity is all about the inside. It's all about being a new creation and living from this new place of union with God, a perfect love and perfect obedience and perfect uh, righteousness and perfect everything. And when you start living from that place, everything else changes. Right? And this is amazing, but so many of us don't think that way still. We think both and, you know, we do the little thing, you've got to behave, you've got to do this and this, this and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, don't be dumb. We're not talking about you can't behave, you can't behave stupid. But the thing is, the where does it come from? It doesn't come from the rules. It comes from the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. He is the rule, if you like. He is the Holy Spirit. He is love. He is awesomeness. He's purity. He's holy. He's everything you ever need. So when we're in touch with the head in your life, then you start living this way in your life. Now, this is pretty challenging, I find. Amen? Living from your new creation spirit is the most beautiful, powerful secret that many Christians don't even know yet. And I know, I see it. I see it in my own life. I see it with the people who are pastor. I know. We haven't got the revelation. We go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's why it's so good. And Paul preaches on this all the time. He wants to destroy anything, anything that makes us somehow depend on the ways of the world. Anything that would deceive us, anything that would distract us, anything that would abort the things that he has for us. He wants us to trust, to trust in Jesus Christ. He wants us to rest in his finished work. In the beautiful communion that we have right here. Thank you. Right here. Beautiful oneness with him. Now, what are we going to do with this? What is, the, what, is the, what is the deception that we are facing these days? What is the deception that we have around us in our lives? Coming to the church, coming to your life, to your family. What are some of those idols? What are some of those things that are there that distract us? What are some of those things that are dangerous in 
our lives. It needs to be rooted out. Liv, you were very prophetic today about what you shared. They need to be rooted out because they will prevent our freedom and our oneness with Christ and really understanding how son and daughter, how it works. We had a meeting. Catherine and I were at a meeting. We, we meet with um, a lot of the city pastors, a whole bunch of them, of all the church, all different churches. And uh, we met together again on Thursday. And, and, and the talk of the day was cultural idols. And so we talked about what are the cultural idols, what are the cultural distractions that are coming into our lives, that are coming into the church, because there's a lot going on. Amen? Well, not really amen, but, you know, amen in the sense of you understand, but not amen that we're applauding it. <laughs> we're taking it out, we're taking it out, right? Now, one of the things that they said is, is basically rampant selfishness. Sorry to say, also in the church. I do it my way, Frank Sinatra. I'll do it my way. Thank you very much. If it's true for me, then it's true for me. If I like it, I like it. If it feels good, it must be true. And no relation to biblical authority or biblical thinking this way. Even going to church, some people say, oh, no. I've seen it all the time. People, people don't go, oh, I go once a week. Well, once a month. Once a week is good. Once a month. What about commitment? Oh, no, I, f- I don't feel like going more than once a month. What do you mean by feel like more than once? What is biblical? Don't forsake the gathering of the believers. In the New Testament, they will let every day. Okay, we don't do that right now because you guys couldn't cope with that. Actually, I couldn't cope with that, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's like every day, it's like shivers, you know. But what happened to our commitment to these things like this? Truth in our lives. It's my gospel. No, it's not your gospel. It's God's gospel. <laughs> i tell you, there's another one that is really hard. Is the moral pressures of this present world. Unbiblical relationships, sex outside of marriage, marriage being between a man and a woman. It's not very PC, is it, in this world? No, but it's biblical. How much are we being affected by the world coming creeping into our lives, creeping into our things, creeping into our, I don't know what pressure is being put on the church, but I guess we need to stand up. No, no, we, we go with the righteousness of God in our life. Gender issues, come on, even in our schools, they're teaching all this rubbish. It's coming into our lives. Deception coming into our lives. Compromise coming into our lives all the time. What about biblical illiteracy? And particularly with young people, millennial. And the reason why, because they haven't lived as long as, as, as I have. It's not because they're bad. It's just lived as long as I have. And the thing is, though, they would say things like, ah, it's fine. I hear people say all the time, oh, they're living together. They're Christian, living together before marriage. Ah, it's fine. Let them be. Well, who are you to say anything? Well, I would like to say that I have a lot to say about this stuff. For one, I'm a pastor. And I'm paid to say something about this stuff. Right? The second thing is, it actually is in the Bible. Don't do it. It's called fornication. Now, some of you are sitting here. Oh, shit. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, uh, uh, Sorry. Sorry, my French. Uh, crap, crap, crap. Sorry, sorry, guys. I know there's people, and I can say this. I think I got the, uh, I haven't asked her opinion, but I, I think I can. There's people in this room who want to get married. They will not have sex before they get married. Catherine, I didn't do that either. It took three years waiting. But oh, how sweet when it came. 
We are so cheap in all-star. We're so cheap in relationship. People walk out of the relationship here and there and everywhere if you're committed, whatever relationship it is. People just walk out. There's no biblical steadfastness anymore and saying, no, I'm going to fight for this thing. I'm going to do this thing together. Come on. There's this thing that's going on. And the Bible is no longer our guide. Christ is no longer first in our lives. And we have all this mayhem. The head is no longer here. So we got some other head going on. Some other head deciding us what to do. Could be the government. Could be my work. Whoever. Speaking into our lives, but they don't have the Holy Spirit. They are, they're, they're, they're still in sin. So, of course, they're going to perpetuate sinfulness. But we are not of this world. And then I read this. I think, Lord, where is this? I came to me, 2 Timothy. I thought, man, this is challenging. 2 Timothy 3, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. Well, we've been living in the last days for the last 2,000 years, right? And I was saying Jesus coming back. He was meant to come back yesterday for somebody. I must have missed something. Sorry, guys. We all missed the boat. <laughs> so if you're here, we'll just kind of keep going, okay, till maybe he comes back again. Hopefully he will. But um, he didn't come back like this, you know. But, but we are living the last days whenever Jesus comes back, right? And the whole thing, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with these people. <laughs> Yeah, this is very good. The only problem is it's also in the church. It's in our lives. Have nothing to do with them. Well, that's a bit hard. Hey, I'm no longer your friend. You're living in stuff. You know? But the thing is, though, it's very like this. Come on, what has come in? I felt that when I, when I was preparing this, I saw this word natural, supernatural. And it was not the whole thing of that we have to be naturally supernatural, supernatural, natural. That whole thing of, hey, hey make your life here count for the spiritual, spiritual effect. I don't mean that. I'm talking about a natural spirituality. I'm talking about a worldly spirituality. It looks good, but it's got absolutely no teeth. It's got no power because it's not based on the Word of God. It is deception in our lives. It is so dangerous, people. And it's creeping into our lives, all of us, and the church, and the churches of this nation. Look around you right now. Come on, let's stand up for this kind of stuff. Let us not live compromised lives any longer. Let's not have compromise come into our lives and into our churches. Instead of compromise, I suggest we live in completeness which he talks about twice in the scripture you are completing Christ you are living with the fullness of Christ inside of you live from this place of completeness in Christ and you will not indulge of the thing of the flesh and things that are outside in the world and what people try to talk to you about well otherwise you will compromise I love these words compromise no um what did I say (laughs) (laughs) that's why complete in Christ and communion this whole thing of no compromise but communion union with Christ right he is the head of my life in this way see Jesus wants to be first in our lives he wants to be Lord of our lives he wants to give us to give him our best in every area of your life our lives in our heart. Is he first in our heart? What is your heart pulled into? There's a lot of things we got pulled into. But what are you being pulled into? What is your weakness maybe? Maybe somehow there's a stronghold of deception came into your life somehow. And somehow you're yielding to. We all have it by the way. I have it too. And what, what are the stuff that you're yielding to? Watch out. Don't be deceived. That thing can take you out. 
And I'm talking to myself, man. I was really telling Lord, I don't want to say this thing this morning. I thought I was arguing with him. I don't want to say this. Y'all be doing expositional teaching. I said, I know. I don't like this expositional teaching. <laughs> no, no. The thing is, though, it's so challenging for us. Amen. Let's live from this praise of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you that changes you from glory to glory. Let's not be beholden to the world in this way. Let's not conform, Romans 12, to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Come on, we are called to a higher standard. Let's not listen to the voices of this world. Let's not listen to the noise of this world. Let's not be compromised in this way. Let's not give in to the pressures of this society, the pressures and the temptations, because they're there all the time. That's why Paul, in this scripture, says you need to be rooted in Christ. You need to be rooted in the Word of God. You need to be flowing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because then you will be able to see what is deception, even when things come to you. And then when it says in the Word of God, those thoughts come, and you submit them to Christ. You take captive those thoughts and bring up to obedience of Christ the Word of God in your life again. Amen? Come on, let's not be deceived. We are called to a different standards. We live in the kingdom of God. We're sons and daughters of God. Let's focus on Jesus. Let's focus on Him. Our eyes focused on Him. In a minute, I want to sing a song, but I want to just, just for you to, all of us, to take just a minute maybe and just to consider what I've said just now. Consider what Paul has been speaking about. Is there any compromise in your life, any idols, any things that you feel like, man, the devil or myself or my neighbor or whoever has got me here in this thing and I want out. And you surrender these things to God. Say, Lord, I just don't want this stuff anymore. I just don't want it. Let's take a minute and say, Lord, how can I apply this message to my life today? Lord, we, we don't want to be deceived. Lord, we don't want to live in compromise. It's so easy, Lord. There's so many voices. There's so many noises around us, Lord. So many social media things. So many things that are happening, Lord. And we say, Lord, we want to be pure and holy before you. Lord, we want to live for you. We want to put you first. We want to give you our best. We're going to worship you first, Lord. Father, I pray today, Lord, that some of us, even one thing could be an aligning to your kingdom truth, an aligning of some of the things that have been maybe an idol into our lives, something that is before you, between you and I, Lord, something that we give a priority in our lives instead of you, the head, the head of my life. Thank you, Father, that you bring us into freedom as we do this, Lord. These beautiful areas, Lord, we surrender these things to you. And we thank you for the power that lives within. Father, thank you for a revelation to come into our lives of that union that we have with the most powerful creature in the universe, the fullness of God, deity living inside of us. And Father, living from that beautiful place, help us to see that and help us to live from this place, Lord. Perfect love, perfect obedience, perfect surrender. 
perfect joy. Lord, we give you all praise and all worship. Give you all praise and all worship.